This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer Worldwide. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby Snymer, who's on assignment. Have you received a threatening phone call from a person who claims they're with the Canada Revenue Agency, demanding you pay them immediately or wind up in jail? That's the latest scam that's going around targeting Zoomers and newcomers to this country. Paul Murphy of the Canada Revenue Agency will join us to talk about it and what to do if you're being victimized. And it seems we all know someone who's taking care of a parent or loved one affected by Alzheimer's or other dementia. Professor June Andrews wrote a book about caregivers looking after those with a disease and gives some tips to Libby Snymer. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A 68-year-old Nepal man has gone back to high school. Durga Kami said his lifelong dream was to become a teacher, but as a child, his family was too poor to send him to school. So when his wife died a few years ago, he decided to change that. He's now a grade 10 student in a town about 150 miles outside Kathmandu. Kami said he initially signed up to help forget about his sorrows after his wife passed, but now is encouraging others. He says, if people see an old person with a white beard studying in school, they might get motivated as well. Calgary's mayor, Nahed Nenshi, is helping a special online lip-sync video go viral by starring in it. Nenshi agreed to take part in the video shot by staff at the Whitehorn Village Retirement Community, lip-syncing Megan Trainer's Dear Future Husband with a few dozen of the residents, ranging in age from 64 to 94. It's not a one-time thing for these residents either. Whitehorn residents have posted seven lip-sync videos over the past couple of years. The activity's become such a huge hit at Whitehorn, it's become part of the regular programming. Zoomer actor and funny man Bill Murray will receive the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor later on this year. The 65-year-old's the star of dozens of movies, including Ghostbusters and Stripes. Murray won two Emmy Awards and was nominated for an Oscar for his role in the movie Lost in Translation. Previous winners of the award include George Carlin, Lily Tomlin, and Carol Burnett. Singer and Zoomer legend Vera Lynn has been recognized for services to entertainment and charity by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The now 99-year-old became known as the Armed Forces Sweetheart during the Second World War, due in large part to this song, White Cliffs of Dover. Dame Vera, now a member of the Order of the Companions of Honor, says she was surprised by the honor, saying after the damehood, she didn't expect anything else. I'm Bob Comsick, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world.
Now that taxes have been filed, it's time for those who owe money to Canada Revenue Agency to make payment arrangements. Unfortunately, there are those who would take advantage of the ones who want to pay their debt. Criminals are calling Canadians claiming they're from Canada Revenue Agency and demanding they be paid or they'll be thrown in jail. Paul Murphy of the Canada Revenue Agency joins us. Income tax season has come and gone, Paul. Mm-hmm. But the calls have not stopped for some people. Who are the ones who are getting calls from these fraudsters? Well, it's all sorts of people across the country, but uh, the targets that we understand, the most vulnerable people for these uh, scams are newcomers to Canada and seniors, uh, people who may not have the networking, the connections to understand what's a legitimate uh, fraudulent phone call, what isn't. Once that phone rings and someone picks it up, yep. how does it work? The fraudulent calls, they are very aggressive. They use threatening language. They threaten you with uh, jail time. They say, we will arrest you if you don't make immediate payment. Uh, these are all kind of hallmarks of these types of, uh, of conversations. Quite a few obviously fall for it. The, there's been uh, reports yeah, across the country of, of people falling for these scams, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think the awareness is getting out there, and I'm hoping that uh, through our uh, efforts here that more people will just become aware of what to watch out for. What should they watch out for? What are some of these flags? As soon as they start sensing something, yeah. what should they do? Yeah, so the first part, like I said, is the, the threatening tone. Uh, a legitimate CRA collections officer is going to be professionals. They're not going to threaten you with jail time or anything like that. The other thing to watch out for is when they want you to pay, they want you to pay right away, and they tell you to do so by getting a prepaid credit card a prepaid uh, gift card, like an Apple iTunes card. Uh, these are not legitimate ways that the government of Canada takes or requests payment. So that's an, an immediate red flag. If they say uh, pay by sending uh, money to a by wire, wire transfer to a, somebody's bank account, that again, that's not something that CRA will do. So what should the person do? Hang up immediately or tell them this conversation's over and just hang up? Or how should they end it? Yeah, I think the the best advice that I can give on something like that is to say, you know what, I do not believe you are who you say you are. I'm aware that this is uh, not how the government legitimately does business with taxpayers, and I'm not going to take your call anymore and hang up. Obviously, not enough people do this, or not everyone does it. So the advice would be, if you sense something doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. it's not right. Generally speaking, yes. But if there's any doubt in your mind as to whether or not, you know, maybe you missed a piece of mail or something like that, you can always hang up and call the CRA. And we've got a general inquiries phone number, which I can give you right now, uh, 1-800-959-8281. You can call that number and say, I've got a phone call saying I owe $1,000 or whatever. Uh, Could you check my account for me and make sure that I actually do owe money and is there a collections officer assigned to me? And our agents will be able to look that up and, and let you know. You can also register for our online self-service portal uh, on our cra.gc.ca website. It's called My Account. You can go in and, and register and check your own self-serve affairs to see, do you owe money to the government of Canada? I guess a lot of the older Zoomers would feel like, well, they they must be right if they're calling me. This has to be legit. They don't just call out of the blue, but obviously they do. Should they 
then speak with other family members if they have any any concerns? That's absolutely a good advice to take. Talk to family members, talk to your peers, talk to your friends, because they may be aware of what's going on out there better than you are. They may have the uh, the internet access to look to see that, you know, there's a lot of reports and social media and so on about uh, this stuff happening. But they know that older Zoomers are usually a little more trusting, and thus they go after them, right? That's uh, generally the the case. It seems like we talk about this several times a year where you hear about scams, phone scams, and it's usually targeting uh, older Canadians. Yeah, and you just have to be uh, vigilant and you have to not be intimidated, uh, Make sure that uh, you are talking to somebody who says that they are who they say they are. Question the authority that they're calling on behalf of. Say, you know what? I don't trust you. I don't uh, believe this is uh, legitimate. Uh, can I speak to your supervisor? That's typically a tip-off. When you do that, they, they don't want to pursue that angle. And w- with a real government uh, official calling you, that's completely with, within your right. You say, you know what? I think you're not behaving in a professional manner to me. I want your supervisor on the line, and that's within your rights. Paul Murphy, see, thank you. Good advice. Thank you. That was Paul Murphy of the CRA. I'm Bob Comsick, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Libby Zneimer will return next week. Coming up, Professor June Andrews recently sat down with Libby to talk about what to do if you're caring for someone who has Alzheimer's. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. It's becoming more common in our lifetime to hear of friends and family struggling to cope with loved ones who've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or other dementia. June Andrews has written a book called When Someone You Know Has Dementia, Practical Advice for Family and Caregivers. She recently joined Libby to talk about the book and dementia in general. It wasn't so much given a map of what the healthcare system offers. Quite a lot of it was about telling people what to ask for and what to look for in their own local system. Because even within one country, what's available in one place can be quite different from what's available in another. Exactly. So uh, what should people be looking for and asking for? Well, people are always curious about uh, what dementia is, what causes it. They're interested in how to prevent it and how to stay well as long as possible. And if they're unfortunate enough to be affected, they want to know what it is you can do to stay well and um, what kind of services you should be asking for from your health and social care system. People want to know what's going to happen in the future. And I think that's quite important because it helps you make plans. What do you tell them? Well... When we're talking about what dementia is, it's important sometimes to begin with to clear up some misconceptions because dementia is the name for a whole bunch of symptoms that people might have. Of course, people think of forgetfulness, but it's not the worst symptom, people tell me. The main problem that people have is agitation, anxiety. Uh, People have difficulty working things out. They have poor judgment. And those are the things that people want to have help with. So they're the symptoms of dementia. The underlying diseases that cause those symptoms include Alzheimer's, that's the commonest one, but it also includes vascular disease and a range of issues. So it's useful for people to know when there is a diagnosis, what kind of dementia is the problem, 
what disease has caused the problem. And that helps them guess what it is going to happen next and to know what it is that they can do to keep themselves as well as possible for as long as possible. And what is it, generally speaking, that people can do to keep themselves as well as possible? Well, the thing that there's the strongest evidence for is exercise. Exercise doesn't have to be violent, but keeping on the move is really important. Um, on a day-to-day basis, it's really important to eat the right things and to keep yourself well hydrated. Um, uh, interestingly, there's some research that says a glass of wine a day is useful, but if you can't stick to one, then it's best not to have any at all. Uh, avoiding smoking. All the things that we know are good for your heart are also good for your head, so people should do that. But there are things that you could have done earlier in life, and those who are interested in prevention should think about that. Avoiding head injury, so contact sports can be quite dangerous. Um, Taking lots of education. I know one lady who um, all of her five brothers and sisters are all going to have dementia because they've got the inherited form of Alzheimer's. And the ones who went to college are developing symptoms 10 years later than the ones who didn't go to college. But it's never too late to socialise and to increase the use of your brain in order to stay well as long as possible. I've heard that people who speak a number of languages also have an advantage when it comes to dementia. Well, that's such interesting research because it's quite clear that people who are bilingual have protection against the dementia symptoms. When people have Alzheimer's or other dementias, you have to know how to deal with them, right, if they want to do something unreasonable. I mean, it can be very tough on the caregiver. It's really tough on the caregiver. And that's why sometimes I'm disappointed when people focus too much on the fact that dementia might be a memory problem because all the caregivers tell me, and certainly in the research, there's an indication that the memory problem isn't the thing that bothers people most. The sorts of things that make people really worried would be things like whether or not the person's going to wander and become lost. That's a terrifying thing for families. Um, And there are lots of things you can do about that. Uh, People get concerned about agitation and anxiety, particularly when it's where the person demonstrates disturbing or agitated or distressed behaviour, that can be really scary when the person seems to be aggressive. So in the book, uh, when someone you know has dementia, there are lots of practical solutions for how you can manage that kind of problem. So as an example, please, how can you manage it? Okay, so if I tell a story, you you often hear about, for example, a woman will go to her mother's door and she'll say, I'm here with your groceries, and the mother shouts and bawls at her and says, get out of here, I don't know who you are, go away. Now, clearly what's happened is the mother hasn't recognised her because not recognising faces is one of the things that can happen in dementia. So the daughter has one option. She could argue and say, I am your daughter, let me in. Uh, Or she could just say, no, I'm here to bring your groceries and, and not to claim that she's her daughter, just to avoid arguing. So to avoid arguing, it might be in the course of the conversation, the mother does work out who it is. But it's really important just to go with the flow when someone um, is with dementia is contradicting you. Um, with something like that, that's just a social situation you're getting past. But from time to time, a person with dementia might do, be wanting to do something that's dangerous and you really do have to protect them by stopping them doing that. But people with dementia tell me that everybody round about them is too quick to tell them that what they're going to do is dangerous. So they end up being restricted. And an example would be not letting somebody go out the house because you're afraid they'll get lost. You lock the door, so they're banging on the door. Um, You try to take the car keys away, and so they're arguing about that. Um, There are ways of getting around those kind of problems that will avoid confrontation. 
So avoiding confrontation is important. It's hugely important because confrontation causes stress for everyone. And the real problem for people with dementia is that their life is very stressful. They can't work out things that are happening around about them. All that's familiar is going away. They're quite often quite afraid. And so to add to that, having a fight with somebody, that's really just not going to help. Anything else you want to tell caregivers? Uh, something that's simple, takeaway? Well... Many people don't realise that the design of the environment where a person is living can make a huge difference to how they're getting on with dementia. And as it says in the book, um, just increasing the light level can make more difference for some people with dementia than the medication does. There are simple changes you can make in your own home that will do two things. It will perhaps reduce the chance of the person having to go to hospital. And a hospital is a really dangerous place for a person with dementia. And making those changes in the home will mean that the person is more independent for longer. These are things that I think everybody should know. In fact, it's never too soon to incorporate those things in your home design because you never know when the day might come when you really want to stay there for longer. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was June Andrews on Alzheimer's and how to care for your loved ones. Coming up in a moment, we celebrate the birthday of one of the original Beatles, Sir Paul McCartney. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby's Nimer. It's time for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York, the Tony Award-winning revival of The King and I is finishing up on Broadway. The Lincoln Center production of the Rodgers and Hammerstein Classic closes June 26th after some 560 performances. In Zurich, Switzerland, Manifesta is the 11th edition of the European Biennial of Contemporary Art. This one's called What People Do for Money. In the capital of Turkey... A stroll down Istiklal Avenue exposes you to the migrant musicians bringing new sounds to the city. Istiklal Avenue has long been the cultural heart of Istanbul, and the recent influx of migrants from Iran, Iraq, and Syria is representative of the city's changing musical mosaic. And in Moscow, the cultural heritage of Soviet cinema is being celebrated in a landmark exhibition, which brings together some of the most innovative film artworks of the past century. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. He's one of the few people you can truly call a living legend. Sir Paul McCartney is celebrating his 74th birthday. Born June 18, 1942, McCartney's widely considered one of pop music's finest songwriters. With the Beatles, he penned some of the most enduring hits of the 20th century. In the 1970s, he continued to churn out chart toppers with his next band, Wings, and since then, he's enjoyed a very successful solo career. He's also well-known for his activism for animal rights and his philanthropy towards musical education. We'll celebrate Sir Paul's birthday now with one of his most popular songs from his Beatles days, Penny Lane. Penny Lane, there is a The Beatles and Penny Lane, one of their many hits written by Sir Paul McCartney. Happy 74th. 
And that's it for this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Comsick in for Libby Snymer, who will be back next week. Be sure to tune in to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. Produced by Dave Woodard and Paul Thomas. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.